No, on SAFM. On SAFM. The only thing better than a perfect sunrise. It's 11 minutes after 7 and uh, still a bit of outrage coming through uh, about what uh, the Australian politician uh, was saying, Pauline Hanson, as well he says uh, what the ignorant and arrogant Australian Prime Minister is saying is that she doesn't want the Muslims to do in Australia what the European ancestors did to the Aboriginal people of Australia and the African people in South Africa and other parts of the continent. She's ignorant of the fact that she is an immigrant in Australia, just as Donald Trump is to the United States. And uh, then also one from Owen, uh, who says um, uh, he felt sorry about that particular situation regarding the president. But uh, still on Pauline Hanson, uh, Babalo says, um, what a disgrace this Pauline Hansen is. People need to get facts about Islam. And Samkelo18 says the Australian politician is expressing overt Islamophobia, and that is scary. And there was a story yesterday that I saw about um, an incident in Istras out in uh, Tswane where people had actually uh, gone out and sprayed some graffiti, uh, Islamophobic graffiti on the walls there. So I'm not, I'm not sure whether it's a wave, something new, a new wave that's coming through, but uh, definitely something going on there. But uh, right now we turn our attention to another story that has also caught uh, the minds and the imagination. The Minister of Health, as we heard in the news, Dr. Aaron Mutswaledi, has asked the Office of the Health Ombud to investigate allegations that the 36 psychiatric patients in Gauteng have died after being transferred from a life health care SCTMENI center into the care of non-governmental organizations earlier this year. And I do remember that conversation that we had with the MEC for Health here in Gauteng, uh, MEC Tretani uh, Matlangu. And uh, for more on this, we are now speaking to some of the people affected. And uh, coming through to our studio, and uh, she was just uh, passing through, um, is uh, Chris um, and uh, she also has been affected by this, um, uh, Christine, uh, and uh, we'll also speak to uh, Nomvula Nonjane, whose sister seems to have gone lost. She's just lost. And uh, the family fears at this stage that uh, she may be roaming the streets of Johannesburg. Uh, but uh, let's start uh, by speaking to uh, Christine Ngomalo, who's in studio with us. And unfortunately, Christine is uh, one of the uh, members of the bereaved families because unfortunately, uh, Christine has lost her sister through all of this. Christine, let me just start by um, expressing mine and I'm sure the condolences of everybody listening to you and your family. Family, I can see, you know, the pain in your eyes. And trust me, we feel it with you. Our condolences to you and your family. Thank you. Christine, please tell me, where did this ordeal begin? How did it all start? And what happened to your sister? My sister, well, initially I took her to Charlotte McLeke to consult to find out what was wrong with her because she had a forgetfulness. You know, she would not be aware of what she's doing or she would not understand what she's doing at the time. Um, so I had to take her to, to a place where they could actually try and figure out what was wrong with her because she has been going to hospitals, but nobody could actually say what was wrong with her. So I took her to Charlotte Matlake and um, basically what happened is they kept her for three months just doing tests, trying to figure out what was wrong. And eventually they, uh, they diagnosed her with um, Alzheimer's. And that's when they actually placed her at Life of City Mini. 
Because when was this? This was in 2014. So basically, officially, she was diagnosed in 2014 with Alzheimer's. And and what was it like the time that she spent at uh, Life is Dimeni? To be honest with you, um, before her coming to live with me, she had gone missing for about, um, if I'm not mistaken, it was two, three, three days. So obviously, out of fear that something worse could happen, it you know the family and I decided that she must come and live with me. And that I would actually take her to wherever she needs to go, like Charlotte Matlake, for example, to try and figure out what was wrong with her. So when she moved to Life is a Demand, in fact, the doctor, Charlotte Matlake, told us, the place for your sister to be is Life is a Demand. So when she got there, I suppose being in, in a strange environment initially, it, you know, she was, she was um, not comfortable. But after a while, she actually got comfortable to a point where she would recognize us because she got to a point where she wasn't recognizing us anymore. And she would laugh and smile, you know. Um, she wasn't herself completely, but she was okay. She was in a, an environment that she was comfortable in. And uh, the facilities at uh, the centre, were they good? Look, um, as far as I'm concerned, because she was at, at Maklake prior to that, and it was much better. It was much better because at least you got a report of what was going on at all times. Even if you were not able to go and visit her at the time, you could call in and they would tell you. And if there was any treatment that was going to take place off-site, we would be notified that that would happen. So you, you were happy, you were satisfied with the level of care that she was receiving? Look, it was the best we could offer at the time and she needed the, 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 the constant care, so that was the best we could offer. We, 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 we could come up with, yes. And then, of course, came the decision uh, to actually um, uh, 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 move the patients from a life is it many to other institutions, and, and for the most part, these were non-governmental organizations. So how did that move affect your sister, and where was she moved to? Well, that move, to be honest with you, um, we were all as families of the patients, all against it. We were all against it. I was one of the representatives um, meeting with the department, and we told them it's going to be a bad thing because they did it in such a short space of time. We had to force them at some stage to actually extend the period when they were close, and they did it with, I think it's a month. They extended it by a month, literally. So we knew it wasn't going to be good because, you know, for a mentally ill person, to be in an environment and to get used to it and to be comfortable, it takes a lot. So we knew to move them to another place and worse, we knew the, not seeing the places before they were actually moved to that is, 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 is basically like saying, you know, you, mm-hmm. they'll just have to adjust. And then what happened? Well, the, she was moved to, to, from life um, to Kalinan. Um, I got an SMS on the 30th that said that day the f- uh, facility is closing, so she will be moved that very day to Cullinan. And then from there, I got a call on the 25th that basically said my sister had passed. 25th of which month? Of August. And when was she moved there? To the, the, to the new facility? Yes. I have no idea. According to the lady that called, it was on the uh, six weeks prior to that, to the date that she called me. So do you know what happened? And what was the cause of death? What happened in those six weeks? I have no idea. I have nothing. According to this woman, she was, she was the reason why Cullinan sent her there to begin with was for specialized treatment that she offers. And she was administering the specialized treatment, stimulation treatment. 
when her death occurred. What, I, is the, what does that mean? What does it entail? She Stimulation not, treatment. I have no idea. Till this day, I don't know what that means. I haven't met this woman. Since she called me, she has been avoiding meeting with us. Christine, and, and um, you say you were one of the representatives who engaged with the Department of, Education, of uh, Health about this particular matter. Mm-hmm. So... Um, what did you inform? Did you inform the Department of Health as to what was going on, your concerns, and what was the response from them? Look, it was very clear. The initial meeting that the department called, which was a public meeting at Lifesidimeni, it was very clear that they were informing us of the closure, not engaging us. It was it was a done deal. We were just being told, and most of the most of the families were literally finding out that morning that they actually, the facility was going to be closed. So no proper communication was done at all. And every time we spoke to the department about this, they would say, no, it was life's responsibility to do that. And we're like, we don't care whose responsibility it is. We were not communicated to. And we told them they were using us as representatives to rubber stamp that they had engaged the families. Christine Lomalo, thanks so much for sharing your your story. Uh, We talk about the 36 psychiatric patients who have died. Well, there's the human face. Christine has lost her sister. When we come back from this break, uh, we'll speak to Nomvula Nonja. And issues of national interest into matters of personal importance. 21 minutes after 7, the Minister of Health, Dr. Arun Mutswaledi, has asked the Office of the Health Ombud to investigate allegations that 36 psychiatric patients in Gauteng have died after being transferred from Life Healthcare Esitimeni Centre into the care of non-governmental uh, organisations earlier this year. And before the break, we heard the story there of Christine Lumalo, who unfortunately lost her sister uh, during all of this. And we join on the line now by Nomvula Nonjase and uh, uh, we understand that uh, Nomvula's sister uh, was transferred, relocated to an NGO in Fochville, but she escaped several times, and now Nomvula fears that her sister could be roaming the streets of Johannesburg. Nomvula, thanks so much for speaking to us this morning. Thank you, Sekina, and good morning to your listeners. Nomvula, firstly, um, what mental illness is your sister suffering from? She is uh, schizophrenic. But uh, before we start, I would like to correct you. She's not missing yet, but the NGO where she's in, some patients have escaped from the same NGO. And um, the owner says uh, they haven't had any escapes, but there is a lady I know who's also, who has a family member who escaped from the same NGO, and she's still missing up to this day. So what is your concern at this point, and who would you like to address it to? So I would like to address it to the MEC. And Aaron Mutsaledi, because uh, I have told them my story several times that I have taken my sister to the NGO in 2013 in Johannesburg, and I was working in Pretoria at that time, and she escaped from the same NGO times. So I had to drive each and every time from, to, from Pretoria to Johannesburg and try and find her, and then go back home in Western area and wait for her day to get there, because I wouldn't know where she is and which mode of transport she would be using at that time. Sometimes she would use a train, sometimes she would take a taxi, and then the taxi, taxi would be forced to, to drop her at home, and then we would give them the fee, because she wouldn't have even have money when she escapes. So I told them that my, that my sister has that capability, because she has been at an NGO, and she escaped four times. And then the NGO gave them back to me because they said they can't keep it because she's showing, she's showing signs that she doesn't want to be there. So it, it's against their policy to keep her there if she's, if she's doing that. So what so is now, your family doing now? 
Um, she's at Fort Bay. We're not doing anything. And we've been trying to address the MEC. We told them that these NGOs won't work for us. And since she has been at life, she has never escaped, not even a single day. And if so, if there were any relapses, I would be told that they would call me and tell me if she's not uh, taking medication or if, she, if she's refusing to bath or eat or anything like that. But they would keep me informed. But none of that is happening with these NGOs. Well, uh, thank you so much, uh, Nomvula Nonjabe there, whose sister is uh, at an NGO in Fochville, but uh, her concerns also clearly expressed there. And we also have with us in studio uh, Dr. Mwiso Talatala, who is the president of the South African Society of Psychiatrists. What's your response and reaction to what is happening here? Morning, morning, Sakina, and to, your, to you and your listeners. Well, it's a sad situation. What is even more sad that we have to end up discussing these issues after we've had tragic adverse effects, uh, events, as well as um, when, when we could have discussed these matters early and prepared the process quite early. Um, we had tried to engage the Department of Health six months in June last year before uh, the MEC made the, the announcement. She has never come back to the letters written by the South African Society of Psychiatrists in June and in, in October, where we wanted to prepare the discharge process. And I must just qualify uh, this, uh, Sakina, that I am not speaking for life or healthcare or, or, or the hospital, or that that would be my preferred place to keep patients. Uh, obviously, we all prefer that patients should be in their communities, with their families, or in the NGOs of their communities. But the process of discharging these patients before we develop proper services in the communities was, we all Everyone should have known that it would lead to uh, to problems. One of the other concerns amongst a myriad of concerns is, of course, in the case of Nomvula's sister, where she talks about people escaping. Because then um, when parents and, and, and family members often don't know what to do, they can't bring the situation under control, then the obvious choice is to have these people incarcerated. So the police are brought into the situation through no doing of their own. But, you know, what are some of the pitfalls and what needs to be done in order to arrest this? Oh, uh, I have worked with at Stackford Hospital from 2006 to, to 2013, dealing exactly with those patients, deciding who's going to go home, who's going to go to NGOs, and who's going to go to uh, life estimate. We know the limitations of the, of the NGOs, but at least in those days, patients, uh, the NGOs would have an opportunity to either return the patients to us if we had, not, if we had given them a pass out, or send the patients to an to an acute acute unit like Helen Joseph, uh, one of the uh, of our hospitals. At this stage, I'm worried that even those small uh, those acute units like Charlotte McClague, Helen Joseph, and Barakonath are probably gonna get full if they're not full already. And of course, uh, the uh, Department of Health has weighed in uh, Minister Aaron Mutswaledi from the National Department uh, saying that he has asked the Office of the Health Ombudsman to investigate um, the allegations that 36 psychiatric patients have died in Gauteng. And uh, we join now by Health Ministry spokesperson Joe Maila. Uh, Mr. Maila, thanks for your time this morning. Good morning and good morning to the listeners. Thank you very much for Mr. Maila, what do you make of the stories that we've just heard from uh, family me- members affected, uh, family members from the, uh, um, the uh, professional associations as well, and, and the fact that everybody seems to echo the sentiment that they did sound the warning about how disruptive this may be and some of the other consequences. And now we are faced with a situation um, where... 36 people have died. And one has to ask, why didn't this 
you know, uh, why, why wasn't the alarm raised when one, two, five people died? 36 people have died. Well, obviously, that is the reason why we have uh, put together this investigation so that we must find out what, uh, what has happened exactly. Uh, so that whatever happened, that need did not have to happen. And uh, that caused whatever um, uh, the problems that we are facing at this point in time. We are able to change it so that it must not happen again um, uh, in in the future. We are very worried that um, everybody has a view uh, about this matter. What could have led to uh, this kind of a problem? But we think that um, uh, maybe one of the best things to do is to make sure that a thorough investigation by the health ombudsperson is taking place so that we must be able to know exactly what has happened. And also, of course, um, among the concerns is some of these NGOs apparently were very new at the time when patients were moved there. What sort of screening then is in place in order to make sure that when patients are moved to such institutions that there are thorough checks and balances in place? Well, I'm sure you'd know that this matter was dealt with by the Houting uh, Department of Health and therefore it was there responsibility to do whatever has to be done. Uh, but after we heard that there are problems, and this kind of problems has escalated this much, that's the reason why we wanted to uh, make sure that investigation is taking place so they must know exactly what has happened, where, who did what, which is wrong, and so that must be able to correct it uh, 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 so that this matter should not repeat itself. That is the reason why the investigation is ordered. And at this point, Mr. Maila, I see uh, one of the families has already indicated uh, one of the families uh, whose loved one had died. They have already threatened to sue the Gauteng Department of Health. And, um, you know, will this have any sort of impact on the investigation, the direction and how exactly it will be carried out? Well, we hope that it should not um, create that kind of a problem, that the investigation must go on as it should. Uh, obviously, people have the right to decide what course of action uh, they want to take. But our hope and wish is that uh, perhaps this investigation should be able to take place first and people can take whatever the decision that they want to take after. But we cannot say people should not do this or the other thing. Uh, we can only hope uh, that we can find each other um, uh, so that whatever investigation will point out to, then we will we'll give people, even the Department of Health, what course of action to take in the matter like this. And of course, uh, we were talking about 2,378 patients and uh, 36 unfortunately have died. For the ones who are still remaining, will there be any sort of investigation into where they are currently and what the situation is at the, those institutions? Well, obviously, I suspect that uh, part of the um, uh, uh, Investigation is to make sure that you understand uh, what are the conditions of those people who are elsewhere at this point in time. Um, uh, so that you must know whether, um, uh, wherever they are, are there issues that will create problems for us or whether they are well taken care of at, at those facilities. So it will be a very a comprehensive investigation, out, I would assume. But maybe that uh, the Office of the um, uh, health ombuds will be able to uh, deal with it as soon as they map out how they're going to do the investigation. What we need is to make sure that we find a comprehensive investigation that will give us answers where there are no answers at the moment. Thank you so much, uh, Mr. Joe Maila, a spokesperson for the Ministry of Health, and uh, also to our other guests this morning, uh, Nomvula Nonjase, as well as Christine uh, Numalo and uh, Dr. Uh, Talatala, who came in to speak to us about this particular matter.